0: week it's uh me and jeff and we're going to be talking Hello. about a uh movie that uh, called synchronic made by two filmmakers that i actually uh am a really big fan of how you doing jeff
1: doing okay you know um as we were discussing before we started recording things in la are kind of nuts uh with covid right now but uh i'm still standing uh doing okay you know i got friends and family that are recovering from uh coronavirus they got it they beat it and uh now they're healthy and i'm uh you know i'm just grateful for that
0: yeah it's a new year and uh hopefully we'll see an end to this whole thing um you know i mean obviously uh this is not an overnight solution but hopefully down the line we can uh we can see some of the improvements that are hopefully in store for everybody
1: yeah i think Well, I hope by the end of the year, we'll have some sort of normalcy back, but we'll see.
0: So before we kick everything off, uh, was there anything that you've been watching or reading or checking out that you've been interested in?
1: You know, (laughs) I'm still watching Ray Donovan. Um, I don't know, I I think I might have brought it up on the show before uh, that I got the Showtime app recently. And I've just been going through these Showtime shows. And uh, I gotta say, a lot of them are pretty bad. You uh, you ever watched that show Ray Donovan?
0: Yeah, I I actually think it's I I've only seen a few episodes because uh, I from I just recently got Showtime again and I haven't had it for like many years and uh, when I would visit my parents they used, they used to like watching Ray Donovan and um,
1: yeah and
0: I watched it with them and it, I thought it was pretty good.
1: It's definitely a dad show, you know. That fucking Ray Donovan knows how to take care of shit. Um, <laughs> I gotta like, but I'm a completist. Once I start something, I'm like, this is kind of entertaining, but it's kind of cheesy. Um, I gotta say, like, as much as John Voight in like the real world (laughs) kind of pisses me off, he's really, really good in in, in that show. He's probably gives the best performance out of anyone in the cast, and he's created like a character that you like, kind of despise, but you like him at the same time. And I just try to forget that it's John Void. And uh, the first season, James Woods was on, so oh, I God. wonder what those conversations were, <laughs> we're like what, between is, those two on set.
0: Is John Void some sort of like right wing pot, you know, uh, crackpot?
1: Oh yeah. I don't know much uh, about man, him, honestly. Go on Twitter, and he releases like these like two minute videos where Donald Trump is the greatest president America's ever had since Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> um, he's like, we are fighting. Worst enemy ever right now, Satan. I, I I so maybe he thinks Joe Biden is Satan. I, I, I don't.
0: know. Oh well, dude, but, that that's that's like what we were talking about QAnon earlier. That's kind of like speaks directly to that because the QAnon people believe that the um, the Democrats are uh, Satan worshiping cannibalistic uh, pederasts.
1: <laughs> so yeah. it's like but i think totally only democrats
0: only democrats <laughs>
1: yeah. and yeah. uh and, and not not, not trump who we'll hung
0: out with epstein yeah and democrats and mick jagger and uh and tom hanks it's like a yeah. very very yeah. bizarre like you know group that
1: they're they're targeting you know <laughs> right so maybe and this is just me theorizing. maybe john boyd is q so Possibly. i'm gonna put that out there yeah Possibly those, man. Those, those long rambling videos, getting a medal from the president. I think I'm onto something here. That's,
0: That's funny. funny. I didn't, you know, I don't, I didn't know that he was a, uh, a and on like nut job. I didn't realize that. I know that James Woods
1: is like super right wing. Oh God, I uh, I kind of hate following him on Twitter. I mean, another case of like, dude, he's a great actor. Anytime he's in something, any any character he plays, he really brings the character's a life. He always, he's really good at playing scumbags too, which I guess now like after reading his Twitter feed, like it kind of makes sense. But yeah, he's like a uh, far right, you know, like always, you know, the election was stolen, all this stuff. Trump is the best, like, you know, just towing the line and you no know, independent thought and just anything Trump does is right. And anything the Democrats do is, is wrong. And I really hate that way of thinking for, for any side, you know?
0: I heard he's got a big dick too. That's uh, that's the only other thing I really know
1: about his personal life. <laughs> and, and he's a genius apparently. He's a genius, IQ. <laughs> um, interesting, interesting fact. I guess I, I did not know that about James Woods.
0: That's what they say.
1: You know that he, he's uh,
0: yeah. He's got a big pipe, according to uh, you know, if you maybe he made that up
1: himself too. I don't know. That seems like something you would make up about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I've been watching that, and uh, I watched uh, Jaws the other day. Classic, classic movie. Love it. Yeah, uh, one of the best movies ever made, for sure. And I watch it, like, every four or five years. It never gets old. If anything, it gets more disturbing every time I watch it. And I I, I, I can't believe it's PG. Like, that's an R-rated movie today. Oh, yeah, man. I, I you know,
0: really, it was PG, huh? Yeah, I didn't know that I, I assumed it'd be an, yeah, R. That's an
1: intense movie. Yeah for 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 PG and then I went uh, on YouTube and downloaded like a YouTube hole, like like trying like seeing deleted footage or like there's photos of, that of the original like how the uh, you know the kid gets eaten originally it was going to be much more graphic and there's a few photos of that online Um but yeah, I mean, there's nothing I can say about Jaws that hasn't been said a billion fucking times, but it, it's a great movie. You know What uh, about you, man? What you've been watching? Uh, well, before
0: that, you know, Mike and I talked about Cobra on the show, and uh, apparently there's a, a cut, or there's, there's like uh, footage that never made it into the final cut of a way more violent version of that film. And
1: uh, Yeah, you mentioned that.
0: Yeah. I'm hoping that someday um, uh, Stallone puts together a, a Stallone cut that goes out there because he apparently his vision of the film was like way more violent and brutal.
1: Yeah, that movie does feel a little like incomplete. Like I think it's only like an hour and 25 minutes long or something. It feels like they really cut that movie to shreds. I, I love that movie, number one. And, oh, uh, I know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so great.
0: great, and and really. It essentially is a horror film, if you think about it. It's got, like, you know, a, a death cult in it, you know, murder cult. Um, you know, it has this very stylized, like, 80s, L.A. dark vibe to it. You know, it's one of my favorites, man. I watch that movie every now and then. It's um, it's pretty awesome. Yeah,
1: it's, it's very 80s, too. Like, he, he has this, he's a cop and he has this amazing fucking car. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, man. That you know, it's, it's such an 80s thing. And like, uh, it always gets me every time how he cuts his pizza with, with scissors. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I can't let that go. <laughs> it's so fucking bizarre to me. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a classic, man. Um, my friend texted me the other day and then, and uh, showing me like videos of him. He's on a Steven Seagal kick. <laughs> and, and I used to love those movies when I was a kid. Yeah,
0: Marked for death. Is that
1: the one where he battles the, like, the Jamaican voodoo posse?
0: Uh, I don't know, man. I, have to, I I don't remember all the... De- I just remember scenes from that
1: movie in my head. But
0: that might be it. They're yeah. all
1: kind of the same. Yeah. Mar- Marked for Death, Out for Justice, Above the Law. You know, they're all pretty much the same movie.
0: Yeah, actually, here we go. Marked for Death. Uh, DEA agent John Hatch- Hatcher returns from Columbia where drug dealer... I don't think that's it drug dealers killed his partner chico <laughs> <laughs> oh wait no no here you go you're right yeah yeah screw face yeah west screw african face, yeah there you yeah. go yeah. Yep. okay that's you got it all right yeah you nailed that that's pretty awesome
1: yeah I was, like, was i getting confused with like predator 2 because <laughs> i know they also have like a voodoo thing going on in that movie too
0: nah man you you uh you got it that was that's the plot all right so yeah um, as far as stuff like that I've watched, I watched a newer film called Hunter Hunter. Are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Text me about that. Yeah. I, uh, I heard about it from you. People have
0: been talking about it like on other podcasts I listen to and, uh, it sounded very interesting to me. It's it's like a, uh, they, they described it as having a bleak atmosphere. Um, you know, the, they had a very brutal ending and uh, all those things are true. It takes place in the woods. There's, like, this guy who has this kind of, like, survivalist uh, lifestyle. Him and his um, wife and kid live out in the woods, and they they trap, you know, and hunt and stuff like that. And this guy seems like, you know, kind of the guy that might have stormed the Capitol a few weeks ago, maybe. You know, he probably <laughs> might, might have belonged to a militia or something like that. Uh, but anyway, um, so, yeah, it does have this very cool atmosphere to it and i'm not going to talk too much about it cuz this is something i actually would like to discuss on the on the podcast but the first the 90% of the movie is amazing and mm-hmm. like the 10% at the end it just went off into this very predictable cheese fest and uh i it just lost me you know what i mean and uh yeah for sure it had a very brutal ending but it just didn't deliver on the things that i thought should have it should have delivered on you know like if you look at the uh the poster right. for the film you know there's like a wolf on there and you know like right like they set up this whole narrative with a wolf and that almost is irrelevant to the story as you know the way they resolve the story none of it really makes sense and that's the big
1: problem i had with it so anyway oh interesting i'm going to check that out though it does sound Cool, and it's it's, it's so frustrating
0: um, when a movie is
1: almost there, and it just doesn't quite get there.
0: If it had gone like into the direction that I wanted it to go into, it would have been like my favorite movie of the year, probably. Oh wow,
1: interesting. Yeah,
0: but definitely check um, it out because uh, the first uh, you know the ninety percent of it's great. So yeah, for sure, look look into it.
1: I'm definitely gonna check that out.
0: And then uh, I don't know for like the, the probably eighth or ninth time. I've re-watched the entire uh, true detective season one <laughs> and uh, mm. yeah and uh, I, I actually have watched the entire first season twice this year so go find
1: Wow me. so you're a fan then I would say huh I I, uh,
0: I can't find anything all right look I'm not going to uh, anyone out there who wants to like talk about Legati and all. That, yeah, I get it. I'm don't I'm not don't I'm not going to be a hipster about it. It's like I, I I know about that shit, but I still like this fucking movie, this show rather. You know, it's like I well, I can I,
1: appreciate that, that, oh, go that ahead. people were talking about Legati because of the show. And, you know, I'm a big fan. I've been a very big fan of his for for a long time now. And it was cool that people were talking about him. And maybe got he got some new fans out of that. That wasn't my problem with the show, the, the, the plagiarism. I had a lot of problems with the first season. All the cool shit was like window dressing. It didn't add up to anything. Like the cosmic horror, the, the Carcosa. In the end, it was just a guy on a fucking lawnmower. You know, it, it was very anticlimactic for me. Yeah. I really was hoping for something really that just blew me away. Kind of like what we were just talking about. Like, man, this is so good, and then at the end, it just fucking shit the bed.
0: I uh, I disagree um, about that. I I think the uh, like the the cosmic horror element was uh, was cool. Actually, can you? Hold, I gotta cut this out. Someone's trying to call me here. I'm just gonna give give you a minute uh-huh. when it goes to voicemail. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> All right. I um. I I yeah. Plagiarism. All right, for a screenplay, plagiarism. Robert Chambers. They plagiarized him too. Then I mean, it's like Robert Chambers, who wrote the King in Yellow. Like the whole right. Carcosa idea, the Yellow King. I mean, they. I, I don't. Plagiarism is not the word I would use. I would say they incorporated existing elements of a, a another mythology into their story. I mean, that's like, if you want to talk about that, that's like. The the world of H.P. Lovecraft was adopted by other writers too. You know? The same thing with Robert E. Howard's work. Like all these guys like L. Sprig de Camp. They all wrote, they expanded on this mythology. So I don't I don't I don't think it's fair to really say that Pizzolato plagiarized these guys. He just incorporated their
1: mythology into his narrative. So what? yeah and you can argue too the lagatti thing is like that's probably a book that that character would have read and been heavily influenced by i can you know i wasn't that upset about that but like um you know nick the puzzle didn't do himself a lot of favors he did this big interview in like vanity fair and he came off like a real fucking jerk off oh yeah i can't remember but he was talking about some like you know He's on a motorcycle with a leather jacket, and like he's talking about like, oh, you know, sometimes I'll eat a steak and it's so good I'll weep. <laughs> he a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> um, but uh, oh, that's interesting, man. Like, uh, we we should have a longer conversation about that. Well, that, that that's
0: someone you know, uh, one of the listeners actually s- suggested that we um we do something like that. So maybe like you and I could discuss it and uh. Yeah, that, that would be really interesting was, because, like, I... Um, was that listener the, Matthew
1: McConaughey?
0: <laughs> that, would be, <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. I, I, I don't think Matthew has ever listened to this show, but, uh, yeah. But, uh, I'm concerned. <laughs> but, yeah, it's the fact that there was such an, an elaborate delusion that goes on. And also, you know, like, the fact that you, you're like, you didn't like that it was a guy in a lawnmower which I I could dig that. Mm. That's cool. But would I have liked there have been an actual monster at the end? Absolutely. Would I have liked there to have been some sort of portal that goes to another dimension or something? Yes, 100%, 100%, 200%. But Mm. similar to like people out there, like actual serial killers and these like, Death cults and things like that. There, there was this very elaborate mythology surrounding everything that I thought was very interesting. That, you know, if you think about like, um, you know, the stuff that happened at the at the you know around Madame Moros with the black magic and the drug dealing and uh, people getting abducted oh. and and that sort of that sort of thing. That's a real. That actually is real. You know, that's something that yeah they're murdering people and they believe that's giving them uh, power to, to deal their drugs and not get caught and be invincible. So to me, yeah, this whole storyline with Carcosa and, you know, all this wide reaching of like Louisiana, like upper elite people being involved in this, like a uh, cult ritualistic pedophilic ring harkened back to that thing for me. And that's what I thought was cool about the show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it was directed by uh, one person too every episode, and I think that consistency is missing from season two and three. Although I'll say I think season two gets unfairly shit on. I thought it was pretty good.
0: I I liked season two and three uh, fine. Um, It just season two was overshadowed by how like awesome the first season was, you know, like and how like people just had such high expectations for it, you know.
1: Yeah, it was a much more standard, like, cop story after the first few episodes. I remember the first few episodes were my favorite, and then after that, it just seemed like any other cop show, which I thought season three had the same thing. And I did like season three. Yeah. But I thought it was kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, this is like your standard, you know, cop investigation thing.
0: Yeah, anyway, that that's... I, I i rewatched that and and it's funny how i i feel comforted by season one of true detective for some reason it's like it's something i can just like chill out if i don't really want to if i'm tired of reading if i'm tired it's the end of the day i'll put i'll put it on and i'll just watch mm. it and i'm like and i don't know there's something comforting about it to me i
1: don't know it's weird but that's how i feel about I'm it i'm like that with a I'm like that with a Serbian film. Like A Serbian film? Get the fuck out of it, really? Yeah, you know. (laughs) No. A Serbian film. (laughs) My movie for that was The Tree of Life.
0: That's a heavy film, man. But I I like that movie, too. It's a great movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I love Terrence Malick, one of my favorite filmmakers. And that's, like, good in the background when you're doing anything. It's really just, like, you can, like, put that movie on shuffle, and it'll still make about it, you know. It's really just shots of pretty things. It's not like a traditional narrative to it at all. It's a good movie, for sure. Great. Right. Yeah.
0: All right, so that brings us to uh, Synchronic, uh, a movie that i would actually mm-hmm. been looking forward to seeing for a, as, as soon as I found out about it, because uh, it was uh, brought to us by the uh, production team of Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. And uh, I... I um, if anyone who's been listening to the show for a while knows that, personally, I love the Endless Resolution Spring, and uh, they did something, I think, on the VHS Viral, uh, you know, film, like one of that found footage, uh, like compilation sort of uh, series that came out. And are you, yeah, are, that's right. Forgot are you also, uh, you, you're a fan of these guys too, I think, right? I mean, we talked about this. Big,
1: big fan. Yeah, um... I saw Resolution, I don't know, around 2014, 13, somewhere around there. And uh, it really came out of nowhere. And it was just, and I loved it. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about these guys. And I thought it was really original. And I was really looking forward to whatever they do next. Spring was kind of a, a different kind of movie, but, but it was still great. Uh, the Endless, for me, like I, I definitely like it. But it was like what you were talking about earlier. It just didn't really pan out the way I was hoping it would. Uh, But it was still... It was still good. I I love that it was a a connection. It's basically a a sequel to Resolution. or Definitely in the same universe. It shares some of the same characters. Um, But it didn't conclude in a way that I I thought was was satisfying. But it's still... You know, I wanted it to be like a five, but it was like a four, you know?
0: Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I um, but I liked the fact that they are, it seems like they are creating a universe, which I think is cool.
1: Yeah, like, it seems like all four of these movies could exist in the same world. Yeah. And they probably do. <laughs> I mean, uh, they certainly share a lot of uh, the same visual qualities. And, and and themes which I'm sure we'll get into yeah but I, uh you wanna i'm sorry go ahead oh yeah um
0: no I was just gonna say that uh that Benson was the writer and uh moorhead mm-hmm. was the cinematographer and um and yeah there's like definitely it feels like there's a a vision that's being developed you know and and uh like similar to what you said all, all these movies I'm interested to see how this film fits in to the you know the mythology that, that the this team seems to be creating. you know
1: Yeah, me too. I'm wondering if we'll see these characters pop up again in something else.
0: So real this actually is their biggest budget film. They actually had like a real deal like you know production going you know effort. Uh, the other The other movies are had definitely more of a DIY. Like vibe to it And uh, uh, Benson and Morehead oh, Actually are in the In the other movies So they They play They act They, act. they are Directing and co-directing And acting So it's uh, A smaller Smaller crew And you know That sort of thing
1: Yeah this one has like Actual movie stars Like that's something I don't We haven't seen in, in their movies before
0: Yeah that leads us To the cast We got uh, Jamie Dorn- Dornan As uh, Dennis Donnelly and uh Jamie Dornan is a uh, actor, Irish actor, model, musician. Kind of like you, um uh Jeff. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. And uh he, he was in uh that I don't know if you've seen The Fall. Yeah, I did. That series. Uh he plays the uh great the, the killer, Paul Spector. Yeah,
1: it's yeah kind of, love that show.
0: It's kind of a cool name, Paul Spector.
1: Yeah. Uh
0: so yeah, he was um you know, he was he was uh one of the co-stars in it. And then we have Anthony Mackie as uh his uh buddy and partner Steve Danube. And we all know uh Anthony Mackie as uh the Falcon in the Mar- Marvel films. Uh he also mm-hmm. was, was in The Hurt Locker, uh Altered Carbon and a list of other films and he's a a fine well-known actor. Uh, and then we have uh Ali, I'm gonna probably not gonna t- pull off her last name. It looks like a Greek last name. Ali mm. uh, Ionides as uh, Brianna Danely, and Katie Asselton as Tara Dannelly. and that's essentially the main characters of this film.
1: Yeah, the cats, they kept they, they, it. They, they like small casts, like all, all these movies, like really just focus on like a core group of people. I think that
0: speaks to the their. Roots in indie filmmaking, you know, when you might only have like access to like four or five actors to do the movie,
1: right? Yeah, or like, yeah, in the endless, you just don't have the money, so you cast yourselves as the main characters. Yeah,
0: uh, so the movie premiered 2019 at the Toronto International Film Festival and was officially released October 23rd, 2020, by uh, Wellgo USA Entertainment, and uh, that's. I was kind of shocked that I wasn't able to immediately watch this movie. You know what I mean? Like, especially in light of everything that went on with COVID, or is still going on with COVID, and and theatrical releases, uh, this wasn't available for uh, for streaming until just a few weeks ago, I think. Right. Yeah, I thought
1: that was an odd choice too, um, and you know I. I did want to see this really badly but not enough to go to a theater. Uh my I saw it at a drive-in and that's really not my favorite place to to watch a, a new movie. I I it's too many distractions going on. So um yeah, I was disappointed. I, I if if I have seen this last year, this definitely would have had a spot in my in my top 5 for sure.
0: Yeah, I I actually was hoping that I would be able to watch it last year like knowing that it would have been one of my favorite movies of the year, you know, without even, but I'm like, I in good faith, I couldn't really list it. Cause I didn't, you know, I didn't see it, you know?
1: Right. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. Uh, you said it was their biggest budget yet, but it's, you know, it doesn't feel like they made, like, it still feels very much like one of their, their movies. It's not overly slick or anything like that. Or like, I mean, there are a lot of special effects, and 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 they do look good, um, but it's not like overblown. So, like, oh, we got money now, and they're just you know, there's like huge explosions, crazy shit like that. You know, it still feels pretty grounded. Yeah, definitely,
0: and um, yeah, uh, I mean, the fact that a lot of their budget probably went to the um, the two the two co stars you know, getting Dornan yeah. and uh, Anthony Mackie involved in this. Because, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I imagine Anthony Mackie is not, uh, doesn't work for cheap these days.
1: Yeah, I imagine so. Like, it, it had to be, like, a case of them, like, he really wanted to do this and probably took, like, a pay cut. But still probably, you know, still he still got paid. Yeah. And uh, the pairing of these two actors was great. You know, if the, if the buddy element seems stilted, or phony in any way in a movie like that, it, it just doesn't work. And these two really played off each other really well. You get the sense that they've they're really good friends. and They've been friends since high school. Yeah, uh, they play they play it well.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, Steve Mackey's character, uh, he's kind of like a single guy. You know, um, you know, you, you get the sense that he's had a series of uh, failed relationships. And uh, Dennis. Uh, Dornan's character is like appears to be the more stable of the two married they have a daughter uh Brianna and her daughter is the daughter is of uh you know like she's getting into the age of uh being a young lady who was leaving the house you know like college age woman young woman right. shall we say uh the two of these guys they right. work they work as paramedics and you know that that's the the partner buddy aspect of the film that you were just talking about, and um, yeah, so that that contextualizes their relationship, and uh, what they yeah. start seeing is this drug, this designer drug called Synchronic, and they they start experiencing a bunch of cases of people who've overdosed on this drug.
1: So uh, right, and uh, I like. I love the first two scenes in this movie so much the movie opens, it introduces you to the drug first, what it does in, in a dialogue free, uh, four minute opening two, two people in a hotel room. And they have two wildly different experiences with synchronic. You know, one girl is like in a forest and there's a snake and there's, and, and the guy who leaves the room gets an elevator shaft and his trip is, is like, well, he's like falling straight towards, like, the sand. And without any exposition or anything like that, just, just, you know, visuals, you get a sense of what this thing is. And uh, I loved it. I, it wasn't like two people in a room going, hey, this is this new designer drug, Synchronic. I heard this happens. you know? It just shows you. It doesn't tell. Uh, and the second scene that introduces us to our two main characters is, I think it's one unbroken shot of them showing what they do what their day is like or what their what what what, a, what a, uh them going to a scene of someone who's taking synchronics like yeah, and it, uh, it's it got was, this like floating camera kind of like voyeuristic feel to it it was pretty masterful i
0: thought i mean I, i'm a big fan of those like one long shots which you know once again to bring up my uh my fascination with uh, true detective. There's that one part of that one scene that has that one long shot of them going through that, uh, that, that housing project with the gunfight. Yeah. uh, yeah. I can watch that over and over stuff like that. I find to be technically so satisfying when it's pulled off. And that's, that's kind of like this shot's similar to that. It's like a, you know, way more subdued, like there's no gunfights or anything like that, but it really does a good job of setting up
1: the atmosphere of the film. Oh, totally. Yeah, and like on a technical level, yeah, but that doesn't look like it's easy to pull off because there's like, there's like six, six, five or six uh, people in that scene. You know, there's a lot going on.
0: It also sets up uh, somewhat the kind of the monotony, I guess, of, um, you know, just their, their work. And, you know, they're dealing with death frequently. Uh, you know, there's those, those two characters, the cops, that you have the impression that they see these guys over and over and over again, you know, just like this endless right monotony of just finding people at their worst possible moments, you know, and, and I guess also sets up the kind of mental toll that might take on somebody.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And did you get, like their interaction with the cops is almost dryly like funny
0: well that that's another element i think in the, in uh the benson and moorhead style is that there is a lot of dry humor in the, in
1: all their movies i think yeah absolutely although i will say this is probably their their saddest darkest movie that they've made yet yeah yeah it is there's a little less humor than some of their other yeah it's it, it's definitely there but i mean overall there's a, a lot of like darker themes dealing with like you, you know, mortality, death, time, uh, just existence in general.
0: The the actual plot of this film is pretty simple, but the plot yeah. is more of like a vehicle for this overarching concept that is uh, that actually extends beyond this film to their other movies in a lot of ways. Hmm.
1: <clears throat> Sorry, hang on, Mike. <coughs> Sorry about
0: that. No, that's all right. <clears throat> what were you saying? No, I was saying that uh, the, the, um, the plot in this movie is actually quite simple. But the theme, they, there's like a, a very uh, you know, profound theme that uh, arches into their other films. You know what I mean? Like this, there's a concept that they seem to be revisiting over and over again in all their movies. And this one yeah, is, uh, you know, and that's, that's one of the coolest things about this film. Because, I mean, the actual plot's simple. I mean, we, we learn that Steve is uh, diagnosed with, uh, with cancer. And, uh, you know, we learn about the third eye and, uh, you know, the fucking... How his is not calcified. You know, he has, like, the third, the, the pineal gland of, like, a child, basically. And they right. indicate that that's why children oftentimes... Have these uh, experiences where they see past lives and all this other stuff. And, uh, right.
1: Yeah. And that plays a huge part uh, in this film. Yeah. And while he's, uh, you know, learning about that he has this, this, this brain tumor, uh, he's starting to pick up clues about what exactly Synchronic does. He sees things at the crime scene that don't make a lot of sense, like the, uh, the old coin. Uh, a sword uh and, and like an, an ancient like doorknob that like that that scene where the person burned himself to death it's Like this old doorknob it's like out of place so he's starting to he's starting to put it together slowly and um i wanted to bring up something in that that scene where uh with where he's talking to the doctor do you see like the screensaver of like the cosmos of like, the universe next to a um um shit, what do you call those things <laughs> that tell tell time <laughs> not a watch a, a clock um <laughs> no not a clock uh it, they're filled with sand oh an hourglass hourglass yeah jesus christ why couldn't i think of that yeah there, there's a the, the doctor's screensaver is is of like you know the stars the universe and there's an hourglass next to it. and i i, I thought that was significant in, in some ways, and you know dealing with mortality, death, time is a huge theme in this movie and more than once, probably like four or five times the movie cuts to just like shots of of, of the stars and the, the infinite universe
0: yeah, that's exactly the the theme that these guys are exploring over and over again in their films, and I just think that with each iteration they get they, they get better at it you know and, and um there's so much of that that I find very compelling. You know, like just, well, let's, let's, let's bring up a couple extra plot points so there's some context to what we're about to, to discuss. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Steve, um, you know, he, he digs deeper into what this drug is all about, and then he, just, he actually is in contact with the guy who developed the drug. And, right
1: uh, that was the one thing that rang a little false for me where he goes and he wants to buy out all the synchronic that the uh the pot store has and coincidentally the guy who created it is like right behind him trying to do the same thing
0: <laughs> yeah you know that oh yeah okay you know it's like it's yeah a little, I, I can live with it yeah that, that's a little marvel comics you know what i mean but uh that's like yeah. ni- 1968 well, spider-man but yeah okay you know
1: and then he ends up in 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 uh Steven's house in the closet. This is the second movie we watched in a row where it had a scene like that. If you remember Society, had a <laughs> kind of a scene like that too. Yeah. But you need that character to explain to Anthony Mackie's uh, character what, what exactly Synchronic is and how it affects him differently. I get it. Like, that's, you know, it has to be there.
0: And, and his uh, explanation of what actually is going on is like, you know, this is something that I've read about you know these theories that they scientists have and physicists have, and this you know like quantum theory and all this other stuff. Which, uh, you know, how time, like everything exists all at, at once basically. And you, right? You know, he pulls out a record and he's like, "This is like what reality is." And I could put the needle down here, or I could at the same time put it down in this other place. And they, but they all coexist. And. The drug enabled you you to jump from different places in time and uh now i i know that you have uh taking psychedelic drugs and i feel like uh you know more morehead and benson have probably also uh used psychedelic drugs as well to come up with these ideas too you know
1: yeah i never went too crazy i think this is supposed to be like a DMT type of trip yeah um which I never gone near that stuff. Um, you know, I've had some some mushrooms here and there, but uh, some edibles, so nothing nothing too crazy. I never traveled back in time, unfortunately.
0: But there there you is. You ever fuck with DMT? I'm a, I'm a, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But care. but uh, under under very extreme uh, psychedelic doses, either with psilocybin or like some of these other dimethyltryptamine, um, experiences, you can, uh, there is people, people have experienced, uh, you know, time travel or seeing different eras or different points in time or past lives and like all this, or future lives. And, uh, that's basically what this, this kind of speaks to. And, is offering up some kind of indication that, you know, maybe time exists all at once. You know, the all of infinity is just like a uh, contiguous piece of matter or whatever, you know. And I, that's what I find, like, so interesting about all of their films. And, like, this one really, they finally they finally stated, it. like, they, they, they only hinted at it in, like, a... Uh, resolution and, and, and the endless. You know, they did, mm-hmm. they, they kind of like beat around the bush about like what's actually, what reality's made out of. But in this film, they actually tell you, alright, this is the story. All of reality exists simultaneously. All of the infinite iterations of like what our lives could have been or could be exist in this weird multiverse. And that's, you could segment different pieces out of it and dr- jump in. And that's what the scientist was was able to figure out how to create those doorways into these other realms, and that that's you know fucking cool. It's cool as hell, you know
1: <laughs> yeah, he clearly thought he did the wrong thing though, since he's you know ashamed of what he does, realizes how, how dangerous this, this thing could potentially be. Um, yeah, you know, I never knew where this movie was going to go. It was any like it, it was not predictable at all. Like, I didn't really know what Synchronic was going to be. Like, what? Like there's all the things you mentioned, but it's also, like, uh, a time travel movie. Yeah. And, and a very interesting one. After watching something as complex as Tenet, I really enjoyed the simplicity of the time travel of, uh, of this movie, where you take this, you go back in time for seven minutes, but depending on where you are, you'll go someplace completely different.
0: Yeah. And that seven minute time and, span is like definitely connected to, to, to using
1: DMT for sure. Yeah, isn't it? Because it's like DMT is like from what I, I I've heard, it's like you, you trip really hard for like ten minutes, and that ten minutes for you seems like a, a lifetime. That's what I've heard.
0: Yeah, essentially, that's what it what it does. It's like uh, you know, ten to fifteen minutes. You know, it's like a very um, transformative. And then you start forgetting about what you saw, like kind of, like you have just like these remnants of like what happened, like almost immediately. But,
1: you know. Kind of like a dream.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like when you wake up in the morning and it's like, you've oh yeah, I had, you know, some people are very, remember their dreams, like vividly. I'm not one of those people. But like, mm-hmm. you have like a sense that you experience something and then it, it's like this, like, Quickly fading away, and uh, that's a lot of like what the like like uh, with DMT. It's like that, you know. Like you don't really retain a lot of the information or the experiences or any of this other stuff for very long.
1: Mm, That sounds terrifying to me. (laughs) I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can handle that now. Yeah, everything's too fucked up in the world. Um, but yeah, you see, like his first trip but he starts experimenting with this for uh is it because he wants has the daughter gone missing at the, well actually at
0: the, uh, yeah we're leaving out that one plot point is that uh uh Dennis's daughter Brianna goes missing and uh there's like this um you know they can't find her he finds out about this while they're on a call and then they go to a uh a, a, a scene or where there's like as, as paramedics, they have to go and deal with a, a situation. And, uh, they're like mentioned that, oh yeah, Brianna, they mentioned the daughter's name. And that's when, you know, uh, Dennis calls home. He's like, is Brianna home? And she's not home and she goes missing. And, uh, that's when we, we learn that we think there's like this concept that she was, uh, involved with, uh, you know, the synchronic drug use and, Actually, the person they talked to. Oh, yeah, she she was taking some of that synthetic ayahuasca. Remember they, they mm, said Yeah that? which is like, I guess there you go. That's what this is about. It's and ayahuasca right. is uh contains uh, dimethyltryptamine, and um, it's in the, the more the natural plant state of that. Like if if you were to get isolated dimethyltryptamine, it's actually reduced. It's uh, it's just synthetic. It's not actually that doesn't exist in nature like that. It has to be synthesized from other types of materials. So, um, so they're you know they basically DMT, ayahuasca, whatever. So, mm. and that's when Steve starts his experimentation with uh, filming himself taking these drugs, and it's shown that he actually disappears. He goes off to another place,
1: right? And we, we start to learn some of the rules of of, of how this works. No. One thing uh, you had to be in the same spot you were when you started right. uh, to get back. Otherwise you could end up stuck there. Did that, is that right? That's the one thing I wasn't hundred percent sure on.
0: Yeah. You had to go back. Like when you took the drug, it tell it transported you to a different point in time, but where that place was exactly like that spot, right. like hundred years ago or whatever, that's where it put you. And in the yeah. first so like, the sec- you know, like one of the first times he I'm- goes back to like the ice age and he's like, you know, mm. freezing to death. And then some fucking caveman rolls up to him gonna, <laughs> with like a spear or something. And it's like, oh, shit, yeah. You
1: know? <laughs> yeah. He, he goes back to the ice age twice to confirm his theory that like where you stand it, it, it determines where you end up. And I love the ice age scene. Um a lot of CGI going on, but you don't even really notice it. It doesn't look fake at all. Yeah. It was, it, it yeah, was that like very in the
0: background. I loved it. That was like, that was also one of my favorite scenes.
1: Yeah. Mine too. Uh, I was wondering if he's like, Oh, is this going to go the way that like he's changing history, but it doesn't really do that. Cause he starts a fire. And, um, and, like, I wonder if that's going to have any significance, but it, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not that kind of time travel movie where they go back to change anything or it doesn't have anything to do with that. Um, but then he starts experimenting more like, like oh, what can I bring with me and what can I bring back from from the past? And uh, uh, and so his third time under, he brings his, his dog with him. And, you know, that's when he realizes you can't be late to the spot you came into or, or or else, you'd be stuck there. So then you got to take another pill, and go back to the spot. And um, I, I thought it was great the way it set up the rules. Um, I found this 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 scene with his dog really sad. I don't know why it hit me so hard, dude. I, like I, hated, it. I, me. I hated it. I
0: hated it. I didn't want. I I hate when animals when there's like, uh, you know, when, either when animals get hurt in movies or I I just. Don't, I hate that shit. I'm like, I, I wish
1: the dog would have been able to come back. That fucking makes me yeah. sad. I mean, unless it's like a comical type of thing, like reanimator, or you know, like, that doesn't bother me as much. There was a he really wanted to, uh, we should say when he goes back, he uh, it's like the 30s or something, that time, and he like, is in the living room of like some guy in the clan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A uh, ancestor of someone who stormed the Capitol building. Yep.
1: exactly um so yeah he goes back he's unable to bring his dog with him and he looks out the window and sees the ghost of uh ghost of the past of of, of his dog and uh yeah that was really upsetting (laughs) it upset me more than than the the daughter going missing
0: yeah yeah so you know I I don't know should we like not going to spoilers because this is a relatively new movie. Hmm.
1: You know, I, mean, I would like, say you should watch this before you listen. We'll just you know. Okay.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So anyone out there, and it's likely you haven't seen this movie because it's just sort mm-hmm. of it was released, but uh, you know, heads up we're gonna have a spoiler for the ending and uh, you know you, you're on your own now if you want to tune out or listen to the rest of this episode so so essentially gonna... essentially as uh, through trial and error he finds the the uh, location in time where Brianna went to.
1: Well he tries another time like he goes to the chair where they thought she disappeared from right. And uh he ends up that where where was that? what time was that? That was one of the creepier scenes in the movie oh, with the voodoo uh people, yeah, I don't
0: even know, man, like some maybe the eighteen hundreds eighteen sixties or something like that, possibly
1: right, yeah that um he didn't really learn anything on that trip though other than like oh she, that's not where she was,
0: yeah. And then yeah, because like the when he went back to the crime scene or the, the scene of you know I don't know if it's actually a crime scene, but she was like oh yeah she was uh, somewhere else. So he goes to that place, and that's when he gets transported back to the, basically the Revolutionary War times. And um, right.
1: And he finds her. Well, I, we should mention that like the rock had significance oh, in like, right. scene earlier. They're um that, they're at um. Dennis's daughter's one year first first birthday party. She's a year old, and there's like a little party going on, and his, his daughter Bianca is sitting on that rock. And they definitely made you like they pointed it out the rock. And I was like, oh, I wonder what. I, I thought that was weird, and then it comes around at the end that the significance of the rock. She, there's um the word always misspelled, is, is etched into that rock and has been for a long time, and they realize it. Brianna was the one who etched it in there. And that's how they find out where she is.
0: Oh, that's that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah. And uh this is one of the cooler sequences in the movie. Uh uh I mean, you can see like it had a bigger budget, you know, it's like kind of like a battle scene. It's not like soldiers or anything, but you can see like there's you know, bombs going off or, and things like that. And uh, he, he finds Brianna in a trench filled with all these you know, dead, rotting bodies. And she's just been hiding there for uh, however long, trying to survive. And, um, and then, because he's dying, I guess that's why he makes the ultimate sacrifice. Or maybe he'd never planned on coming back. What did you think? I don't know, man. It's, uh,
0: that's a good question because If I mean I wouldn't have picked that particular Situation to, to jump into if I uh, wanted to stay behind, you know what I mean?
1: Um, right exact, but he only had one pill. Yeah, but I thought like oh as long as they're touching each other They'll both come back.
0: I'm gonna say that. I think that he was uh, planning on coming back to the present time with with
1: Brianna you know? Yeah, I, I lean that way too because when he's telling his partner about all these Dennis about all this stuff, he mentions his dog, and Dennis goes, "What about him?" And he goes, "You know, if all this works out, I'll tell you about it someday." So, I think he was doubtful that he would come back from all this, but I think he wanted to. Yeah, you know, the the, the treatments were working, you know, but he had kind of put uh, put him on pause to help find, uh, his daughter. Um, I also want to point out like how interesting it is that it's not about the father, Like, the father's not the main character You would think he'd be the one doing all this stuff, but it's the best friend
0: Yeah, you know, that's I never thought of that actually you're right the father's not the one and um I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Steve was terminally ill and that in some ways he didn't really have anything to lose you know, uh, Dennis is, uh, you know, married, they have family, you know, it's, he had a lot more to live for than, uh, than Steve, you know, and I think Steve probably acknowledged that, you know, his, his life of, uh, you know, living alone and, you know, just kind of going through the, through life in this different, very different manner is what he's like, well, if anyone's going to you know, I, like losing me to the the world would would have less impact. There would be less impact on the world <laughs> if he if he he didn't come
1: back. You know, right. Well, I also got the sense that Steve really envied uh, Dennis and resented him that he didn't appreciate the life he had because that's all Steve really wanted was that life. And he kind of looks at Brianna as like, you, you know, like what what could have been his. You know, I think he, maybe like thinks of her as his family because he doesn't have any of his own. You know, even before he's terminally ill, you can tell he's a big partier, so he's drinking, uh, going home with different women, and none of it... You know, he's miserable. And he he thinks Dennis shouldn't be miserable because he has what he wants. So I think that definitely played in his decision to, to do this. Like, even if he wasn't terminally ill, he might have done it anyway.
0: Yeah, that... See, that that's... That's the sense I got from it, too. And um, yeah, it's, it's such a, a great movie. Like you said, it's like a, I guess, like typical to all their other films. It really, there is a very character driven element to it, you know? And. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, the ideas of friendship is always a big part of their movies. And, uh, you know, and the, definitely that was front and center in this movie, too.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the ending, again, I found the ending sad. Um, the daughter comes back, uh, and they see Steve as a ghost in the past, just like Steve saw his dog and they shake hands. But to me, there was just such a a sense of of sadness around like what the remainder of Steve's life is going to be like, but he made the ultimate sacrifice for his best friend and his daughter. Yeah, and uh, I, I it, it was a I think this is their saddest, darkest movie out of the four, by far. But, Defe- uh, definitely, I also, I also think it's their best. I don't know how you feel about that. No,
0: I think it's their best. I mean, as far as uh, you know, just production, it was great. The acting was incredible. Uh, you know, the story was cool, and I think the focus of the script was way better than than anything they've done so far. And like I said, they play with these ideas of uh, time, uh, you know, the universe and, um, you know, this kind of uh, cosmic continuum of reality, which is like a big part of their movies. And there's a lot of and and I think that this time around, they were they were very, uh, you know, very, very efficient in, in telling a story like that, that could have been a lot more confusing.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, this is their most fully realized movie where everything really came together in a satisfying way. I mean, there was a few little minor things, like I said, like the guy who who invented the drug just happening to be there, you know, whatever. And, um, um, the mom was sort of a, a nothing character like she didn't have much to do. Um, Tara, I, I like that actress a lot too. Like I would have liked to have seen more from her in the movie. Um, great actress but you know these are little nitpicky things
0: actually uh wasn't there like a a hint that steve was actually in in like he you know that the the wife tara was like his kind he kind of was thinking about going after her in the beginning and then he just like let and and then then, uh dennis kind of you know he let dennis like you know, take her or whatever, you know?
1: Yeah. I think uh, that, that wasn't fully fleshed out, I thought that big like, Steve thought Tara was the one that got away. Cause I mean, at one point, Stephen Dennis get into a fist fight, like, you know, his like best friend that it happens yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you don't even realize your wife is too good for you. And, and, and you neglect your family. And that's when I, I was like, Oh yeah, he definitely had a thing for the wife at some point, or maybe still does. Again, there's a lot of envy between with uh, with how Steve feels about about Dennis.
0: Yeah, so it's heavy, man. The whole premise, the whole like atmosphere, everything about this movie is just heavy.
1: You know, really heavy. Like it, like every moment of it. Yeah, it, it just I couldn't stop thinking about it after I saw it. It was just like a weight on my chest of like you know, it excited me because it was a great movie but it's just, you know, I was kind of
0: like sad after I saw it. Yeah,
1: me too. I, I definitely uh, was affected by it, you know, and I was,
0: so yeah, so I highly recommend this film for anyone out there. I mean, it's not, there's no axe murdering, there's no, uh, you know, organs being ripped out of your body or, uh, you know, body horror or turning into, uh, you know, werewolves or anything like that. It's, yeah, it's a very emotional, um, you know, psychological uh, science fiction with horror elements in it. I guess is how it could be described.
1: Yeah, there is a gruesome elevator death. I'll give it that. Yeah, <laughs> in the that,
0: aftermath. Yeah, yeah, that that's like really the only uh, the only gore in the movie.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's pretty pretty tame. Other than that, if I'm, I'm remembering correctly.
0: Well, all their other films don't rely on stuff like that either. You know, it's mostly dialogue, right, I, you know, things like that.
1: Like, Endless has a monster in it that you, that you never see. Yeah. The same with Resolution. I, I, I kind of like stuff like that.
0: What came to mind, I, I forgot, it was either in Endless or Resolution. Uh, hmm. There's a scene with this French guy. Where they're sitting in his trailer, and he's talking oh, about yeah, yeah. yeah, and he's talking about yeah, it's resolution yeah, resolution, and he has this like this weed that's like uh, red, right? Now, mm-hmm. that showed up in in uh, synchronic. Did it? It did. Yep, I made a note. Where I didn't catch that. Fuck, I'm trying to remember where it showed up. But there's like this red red uh, like herb in that movie. Huh?
1: Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and, and, and watch it. Yeah. Go back and watch uh, and, it again. and Catch that. Yeah. Um, but,
0: but that wasn't really the only thing I wanted to bring about that scene though. But like, uh, you know, the guy makes re- the French guy makes references to, uh, you know, ancient man and, uh, you know looking up and seeing an alien, a, an angel or a ghost. Right. And he's like, what's the difference between all th- any of those things? And it's like, it kind of, the scenes where there was like these ghostly, essentially ghosts, you know, like the dog,
1: mm.
0: you know, Steve. It, it connected, I connected that with the monologue of the French, uh, the French guy. You know, with the different membranes um, and staring up into mirrors and all the you know, all that stuff, man.
1: You know. Yeah, I always thought that scene had a significance that never fully paid off, but I think it will over time, over like all their movies. Um, like uh, I, to get grades out, this is a, a five for me, no oh, question. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope these guys continue to play around in this universe and do the kind of films they want to make. Um, I know they're getting like more higher high profile stuff now. I think they're working with the Russo brothers uh, on a TV show. Oh. directing something for, for them. You know, the, the Russo brothers are the guys who, uh, you know, directed the last few Avengers films and the Captain America movies. i um, be curious to see these guys playing around in a big sandbox with like a, a huge budget, what they would do. I'm sure it's coming and I'm sure it'll be great, but I hope they they still play in, in this universe because it's just expanding and the more it expands, the more interesting it gets. Yeah,
0: I, well, the Russo brothers. I thought you were talking about the guys who put the tile in my bathroom here, um, but yeah, I know, I, <laughs> <laughs> hey, your floor's ready. <laughs> but yeah, those guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah, okay. dude. I'm I'm intrigued. I, I look forward to every movie that these guys do, and uh, this this also for me was a five out of five, and I wanna I like for many reasons. Concept, right in line with the stuff that I'm completely fascinated with. Uh, the characters are really, really cool and likable. And um, it's, it's a rewatchable film, just like there are others. I mean, I, I think that, uh, like I've watched Synchronic twice already, and it's the kind, of thing, the kind of thing where I'll probably um, revisit this movie from time to time, you know, along with their others. You know, even Spring. Spring, I thought, was a great movie, too. Spring is, is great. Kind of over overlooked, I think. Well, I think you and I should do... Uh, we should do an episode on these other films because I, I think a lot of people might not have even been aware of some of these other movies.
1: Yeah, you know, after seeing this, I'm excited to revisit um, Resolution and The Endless. I I was... Uh, Planning on watching both those films sometime this week. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man.
0: So yeah, oh, that's Yeah, uh, all right. That that's uh that's synchronic. That's all that's a we're dying men in a dying room I know where to take on The source of your indiscretions Wanderers Make some bad jokes, let's up